around the world and here at home, bringing relief, hope, and the life-changing message of Jesus. You're listening to the Mize Missions Podcast with Terry Mize. Hello, everybody. God bless you, and welcome today to Wednesday's Terry Mize Ministries Podcast. It's Word Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. We look forward to doing this and talking to you and being with you and um, just having the opportunity to share with you quickly what we feel like where we are and what the focus is of not only what we're doing, but what will be a help and ministry to you also right now here in the 21st century. God's got wonderful things. Yes, God's got wonderful things for us. Nobody's ever done what we're doing. We live in the most dangerous, complicated generation that's ever been on the planet before. Nobody's ever pastored the last day's church before. No. Nobody's ever lived in the last days like we are. No. And uh, we're learning how to do it. That's right. Pastors are having to learn how to do it. Yes, pastors, evangelists, missionaries, apostles, prophets. (laughs) I mean... Uh, it's not business as usual. The message is the same. The help that we get from God is always the same miraculous promises from His Word that He's always given to us. But we're having to find out how to adapt the gospel into a place where we'll get people's attention because people seem to be more... uh, preoccupied and more oh, busy no, of course. and uh and mamas less, and daddies uh, are having informed. to work harder yeah mamas and daddies are having to work harder and longer uh to take care of their families and the pressure of everyday life and with the holidays coming on and all of these things going on um i think the church should be more vocal yes 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 <laughs> we should be more encouraging more compassionate more instructional in everything that we're doing and we've got to have words from the pulpit over the airways that will strengthen the people of God. Absolutely. I look at Terry's ministry so many times and I, I think about the Apostle Paul uh, on his missionary journeys where he went around all of Asia and it says he strengthened the churches. And I know that that's what uh, part of Terry's ministry has been as an apostle. That's what he did for Dean and I. Uh, for all those years there in Corpus Christi that when he came to the church and gave the missionary report and told the missionary stories and the miracle stories of what God was doing and then focused, refocused the church congregation back on missions going to the world, that that was our purpose. That it was such a strengthening to our congregation because pastors, uh, just like anybody else, we can get focused on our four and no more. Sure, sure. We can get all caught up in the holidays. As the holidays approach, pastors can get really caught up, and rightly so, in in the holidays and uh, dealing with all the different departments in the church. Right. And the closer it gets to Christmas, and they end up having staff banquets and and banquets for, you know, the music department and and cantatas and plays, and, and it can just get, you can just get overwhelmed. And we always have to go back to those basic, basic, simple truths of what the church is here for and what Jesus came for. The church is here for the same reason Jesus came. That's right. Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. And uh, we're here to seek and save that which is lost. Jesus came to lift people, love people, bless people, minister to people, help people, feed people. And that's exactly what the church is for. We're about the master's business, or we're supposed to be about the master's business. Well, and, you know, I told the church right. uh, earlier mind. this week in, in Punta Gorda, Florida, we were ministering those uh, three services, two days, 
for our dear friends, Pastors Bob Nid Ramondo and Buna Gorda New Life Family Worship. Uh, I told the church, I said, you know, the, the thing that sets us apart, us being the word of faith people, are the people that are really locking in, you know, people that follow us anyway, uh, that follow the, the people that are just really preaching the the word, not, not just uh, 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 tradition or not just religion or not just... Uh, uh, some kind of charismania, but actually taking the word and teaching it. Uh, what what really makes us set apart from other people is that we believe in the supernatural, no, and that's we right. expect the supernatural. That's right. And I know other denominations and other different brands of Christianity do too, to a degree, or at least they mentally agree to it. But the thing that we that we teach and push is that you make your miracle happen. You take go into the Word of God, find the Scripture that applies to your situation. You know, when they handed Jesus the scroll in Luke chapter 18, uh, as he went into the synagogue to, to teach, to minister, and they handed him the scroll, it says he found the place that was written about himself. Exactly. He, he knew where those scriptures were that was talking about him. Well, we need to know where those scriptures are. They're talking about us and talking about our situation. Right. Uh, if we're believing for uh, for healing from sickness, we then we don't need a general prayer of, oh, God, heal me. Oh, God, help me. We need specific <laughs> scripture talking about us no, right. and talking about our situation and then praying that. And we talked last week, Renee, on the podcast. Um, uh, I, I talked a little bit about how that you traveled uh, just for a short time with Billy Adams. Now, Billy's in heaven today, but how that right. Billy had been hired by Brother Copeland just to pray for him. And she had to learn how to pray the word because once she got in that office, or she's paid to be there eight hours a day praying for Kenneth and That's Gloria. Right. And right. once she said, Lord bless Kenneth and Lord bless Gloria and Lord bless the kids and Lord bless the ministry and Lord bless the partners, right. she ran out of stuff to pray. So she had to get into the word and find specific scripture right. to pray specifically no, that's right. for Brother Copeland and, and, and Gloria and the kids and the ministry and the partners and so on and so forth. And that, that, that's the thing that I think sets us apart and makes a difference. Uh, sure that does. we actually go in if we if we've got healing to deal with and we we go to old testament and new we go to those healing scriptures and pray specifically uh scriptures like first peter two twenty four by by his stripes we are healed exactly. you know in matthew eight seventeen himself bore our infirmities carried That's our right. sickness and sorrow you know we we go for specific scriptures for specific Things right. and if it's money, then we go after money scriptures. If, it, if we need some finances, some help, we go after those those scriptures. Uh, if it's about the family, the marriage, the the, the kids, the the home, the husband, the, the wife, we go specifically after those scriptures and we pray the things that God has already said about the situation. Oh, that's right. We're not having to make up our own deal. No, we go find out what so. what was your idea, God? What did you say about this? <laughs> and we see that He's got some powerful ideas and things that he said in these 66 books of the Bible that tells us how to live, uh, how to win uh, on planet Earth, how to live right. successfully and, and win and be prosperous and he healthy and healed and blessed on planet Earth by praying specific things that he has already said. And, and the word confession, a lot of times us word of faith people will say, well, you need to confess the word or you need to say this or what's my confession or I'm confessing this. And people don't even understand that terminology. Uh, but what it means is we're going into the Bible to find out what God said about a situation. And then we say the same thing. Exactly. What did he say about it? We'll say the same thing. 
If, yeah. if God says I'm blessed, I'm going to say I'm blessed. If God says I'm healed, I'm going to say I'm healed. If God says I'm prosperous, I'm going to say I'm prosperous. So, so we're going to say the same thing, and that's what we're calling confession. Right. Whereas, you know, most people, when they think the word confession, they think along the lines of the Catholic Church where, where, uh, where uh, members are going into the confessional and confessing their sins to, right. a, to right. a priest, or they think about how a Christian is confessing his sins to God. Right. Uh, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about finding out what God said about your health, about your bones, about your teeth, about your money, about your husband, about your wife, about your kids, about whatever it is. And then saying the same thing as God, confessing what God has already said about you. You're not making up your own thing. You're not trying to figure out what can I say about this, but you're saying what God has already said, or in other words, you're agreeing with God. Well, and that's, that is so simple, but it's so logical that that's exactly the way God uh, laid it out. At, just like in Matthew 18, he said, if any two of you will agree on anything, you know, that you want. And he's talking about agreeing on the Word of God. Absolutely. If we will agree on the Word of God. And then over in the book of Acts, Terry, you know, uh, the Apostle Paul, as he went and preached, he said to, to the, he was in Thessalonica and he was in Berea, he said that the Bereans were more noble than the Thessalonicans right. because they searched the Scriptures to see whether what Paul was saying was true or not. True, that's right. And so they had to they go find... They didn't just listen to a man. They went in the Bible to see if they went... <laughs> exactly. Of course, Old Testament at that time. Well, but they went in the Bible to see if what he said was really in the Scriptures really or if he just scriptures. made it up. Well, and, and I find that that's what, you know, when, what you're talking about, Paul said that Jesus, was noble. It was. It was a noble. Honorable. Says, they were more noble. They didn't just hear, but they were more noble than just a hearing Christian because they searched the scriptures to find no, out that's right. what God was Praise saying, God. what Paul was and saying. You know, I made a statement a while ago when we first started the podcast. I said, Christians are less, in, less informed today. And, and I think I need to go back and, and say something mm-hmm. about that because we're in an information age. We're right. informed right. about stuff. Dear God, our, 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 our children yes. uh, know more about stuff today than than uh, than we did as as adults right. uh you know back in the day because the information age is here the information is out there yeah. uh i mean i mean you can go to the web and learn how to build anything you know <laughs> bad stuff and good stuff and what access. i meant by less access, what i meant yeah. by less informed is i meant less informed about the word no that's right uh, less informed about the word because we we, we have limited true. church and 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 throttle church down to right. an hour a week, uh, where we used to have Sunday morning and Sunday night, and the services were longer. Today, they try to get everything done in an hour, yeah. you know, and where the services were longer on Sunday morning, longer on Sunday night, and they had a midweek service, like on Wednesday night or, or Thursday night or Tuesday night, and then right. sometimes another service, a prayer meeting on Friday night or a youth meeting on Friday night. So there was right. more, we were more instructed uh, in the things of God no, and spent right. more time in corporate prayer corporate worship, corporate uh, uh, hearing the word, uh, back in the day, uh, let's say back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s here in America, uh, and, and we were just more informed uh, with the, the things of God and the things of the Spirit and the things of the Word of God. Where And, and I tell you, things were, things were good. America was no, good. The church right. was good. People were being blessed. Uh, the economy was good. But, you know, we, we've gone to this one hour a week thing, and then we wonder why things aren't working. 
I can remember God because we were so well taught in my home church that when I went to Bible college, I was my first year I was so pleasantly surprised at when my instructors taught how much I was familiar with. Oh, of course. Because I had instructional pastors, teaching pastors, uh, wonderful Sunday school teachers, uh, fabulous youth group leaders that always were teaching us the Bible. And uh, I learned, <coughs> excuse me, I learned almost more by just hanging around godly people sure. than I did trying to sit and listen and write down notes in a, in a sure. service. You well, know. We, were ex we were surrounded by it. We were exposed to it. We right. were immersed in right. it. Uh, we used to use thank the phrase God, that more, more is caught than taught. Yeah. You know, you know because, and they because just that being phrase. around those people, you, you just <laughs> caught things. You caught Right. phrases you caught lifestyles exactly. you caught the word you you heard somebody tell a testimony and you caught that and said aha that's how the word works it just seemed like there were so many people in my pentecostal church that influenced my life in a very godly way and i just look back on that uh as having time spent well spent around older people yes. godly people hungry people praying people and uh, that's how important the local church needs to be. I find that, that that's so important for us in learning how to pray. Yes. I was around very godly women yes. that were constantly praying. My mother, my, my grandmother, I'd get up in the middle of the night and hear this soft whisper coming from my grandmother's oh, yeah. room. Yeah with her words coming and praying in the middle of the night. Sure. I, my mother, uh, for years, she and her best friend and prayer partner, after they got us off to school, they'd get on the phone from whatever, 9 to 10 in the morning in the first hour every day spent in prayer on the telephone. Right. Once and they, they didn't got have the kids off to school and they didn't have speaker work. No, no. Yeah. no well, they, they had to hold it up to their ear. Hold the phone <laughs> up to their ear and pray over us. And it was such a divine season in my life and my mother's life and people that I knew that were prayers. Plus they had prayer meeting every Thursday morning at the church that sure. my mother went to. So I'm Man, talking about spending more time. Yeah, and I was so, at times in my life I'd be so stressed about things, I'd end up skipping school and going to prayer meeting with my, for the lone purpose of going to prayer meeting yeah. with my mother on Thursday morning. And it was such an influence. For the purpose of catching something. <laughs> I know. For the purpose and of being around a, godly women that, that you'd pick right. up on something. Well, and they were so kind and so prayerful and so uh, godly in their in their deportment as a Christian woman. And I, I, as you were talking about there about Jesus going to, into the temple, you know when you read Luke chapter 4 and you see how it says Jesus was full of and controlled by the Holy Ghost yeah, yeah. where he was led into the wilderness. Yeah. And it tells you there in verse 1 how he was full of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. You know, and we know that he spent all night in prayer so many times. Oh, yeah, numbers of and times so, the Bible records. And, and then it says again over here, you know, in verse uh, uh, verse 14, uh, he came out of the wilderness full of the Holy Ghost. Yes. And the angels ministered to him. Yes. And then it says <laughs> that Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost and the fame of him spread about. And he went into the temple as was his custom. And he told them, I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so the concept for successful, uh, surviving, conquering ministry, uh, even being led into the wilderness for 40 days, right. was to be full of the Holy Ghost, yeah. having spent that hours was, that in was prayer, one. Yeah. and then coming out saying, I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Right. And then going in into places where it was, he told them again, uh, the Spirit of the Lord God is, upon, is upon me, me and, and he has anointed, anointed me. me. You know, And that should be our battle cry. 
having spent more time in prayer. And I think you and I've talked about this so many times that it, it's going to take more Holy Ghost, a person being yeah. filled more with the Spirit of God, praying in tongues more, getting more of the Word of God. More church. More church, more time spent in a corporate anointing. And it was even Jesus' command that we would come together, yeah, even yeah. more so as, as we the see day the day yeah. approaching. Yeah, forsake not the assembling of yourselves oh my together. Goodness. There's just something about coming together. And, and there's scriptures, Old there's Testament, new about that. that, where God's big into uh, agreement. He's big into partnership. He's big into two people do this, three people do it, where two or three are gathered, where two together. agree as touching one thing. A uh, threefold chord, Ecclesiastes says, is hardly broken. Uh, two can put a thousand, one can put a thousand to fight, two can, excuse me, one can put a thousand to flight, and two can put ten thousand to flight. Those are God's uh, ideas. That where, exactly. that where when there's an agreement, how can two walk together lest they be agreed? Let's speak the same thing in love. There's something about that corporate prayer. Exactly. The corporate worship. The corporate praying. Right. The corporate receiving the word of God. The corporate revelation. Uh, and that's why it's so important. You know, I've said many, many times, Renee, you've heard me say it from the pulpit lots of times, that I believe the day's coming to where the, the sheep, the people, the congregation, are going to come to the pastor and say, Pastor, we need more church. Exactly. We need more church. We with this one hour a week isn't cutting it. No, and, that's and, right. and I'm saying that I don't think it's going to be the pastor that comes and tells the people that, hey, we need more church. I think it's going to be the people right. that come to the pastor and say, hey, pastor, right. we need more church. We're not making it on an hour a week. That's We're right. fighting some that's big right. devils out here. We're fighting some big problems out here. Uh, and, and we need more word and more church and more time together. Well, I, I was just, as you said that, I was just thinking about in contrast to that, the, the people want the pastor to tell them, you know, they're used to him, as they would say, nagging them about coming to church. Right. The pastor, that's his job is to tell us to come to right. church. But the wonderful thing that God would rejoice over in contrast to what the children of Israel did right. was for, would be for the people of God to rise up. We, the people of God. Yes. To rise up and say, Pastor, if you'll teach us, we'll be here. You know? Yeah, because so and many pastors tell me today, they say, Well, Brother Terry said, uh, if I had multiple services, the people wouldn't come. Or if I had no, Sunday right. night service, they wouldn't come. Or if I had midweek service, they wouldn't come. Well, th those pastors have lost, they, they've lost, let's slip the vision right. of, of the structure that God set right. into order that right. the pastor's the pastor. <laughs> that no, the pastor's the shepherd. Right. The people are the sheep. They're the sheep don't tell the shepherd what to do. The shepherd right. tells the sheep what to do no, because right. it protects them from the wolves and that's it right. feeds them. It gives In them cool water. It gives them green grass. It feeds them, strengthens them, helps them. Uh, you, you know, the mama's not going to let the, the, the toddler tell her what to do. No, that's right. I mean, some do, and that's sad. But I mean, <laughs> you know, the, the, the parents aren't going to let the kids run the house. Uh, the parents are going to say, no, this is the way it's going to be. You're going to brush your teeth. I don't want to brush my teeth. No, you're going to brush your teeth. Eat your vegetables. I don't want to eat my vegetables. You're going to eat your vegetables. Get up and go to school. I don't want to go to school. I don't care. Get up and go to school. The parent knows what's good for them. Well, and, and that's the parent the tells them you're going do to that. do these things because right. not because it's fun, not because I like it, not by, but because it's good for you. And so that's what the pastor has to do is to go back into the position, go find his 
shepherd's hat again. Right. Go find his shepherd's crook again, his, his <laughs> stick, and, and, and get back in the pulpit and tell the sheep, hey, we're going this way. No, we're not going right. that way. There's wolves down that and way. We're going this good. way and for your good. For your good. And I was thinking about here. Here, if the sheep start telling the shepherd, we want more food. We want you to feed us. But then also think about this. In Acts chapter 4, it says that when they had prayed, the place, the place where, was shaken. where they prayed was shaken. Absolutely. And yet charismatic Pentecostal people focus on them doing the shaking in church. Right. <laughs> I think it's more profound if the place starts no, shaking exactly when right. we pray, just as it would be profound if the sheep start asking the shepherd to feed them more. Yes. I would rather have hungry yes. sheep yes. wanting feed us, more feed, feed food and my building being shaken <laughs> yes. that we're in praying oh, than all of us trying to... I mean, we, we've settled for such counterfeits and such second... Dumbed down, as Terry said earlier, throttled down church dynamic and under and and misunderstanding about things that we do not, we really hurt ourselves and sell ourselves short. Whereas if we really begin to, um, you know, take on a dynamic of um, the real power of God that we're going to need for this day and age that we live in. No, that's we've, right. We've got it. We are those on whom the end of the age has come. I wanted to say this before we uh, uh, get any further in the program while we've uh, been uh, well with uh, pastor bob and nid romando they were telling us they put on their own two-week battle conference yeah yeah and have their people come for two solid weeks right. while they taught on preparing to fight the battle yeah and they came and they came <laughs> and that was what was so startling and pastor bob just preaching himself. Preaching you know, himself every night. He said, I'm going to be preaching this week. And then another time he said, I'm going to be preaching another week. Yeah. And uh, and prepare you how to do that. You know, I thought something. I thought that was so courageous. He did it five nights. Yeah. They gave him one day off. Yeah. And then came back in on Sunday again. Right. But they did it for, he put on his own revival, training his people right. how to stand in the evil day that oh, we live so in good. with the that's armor so of God good. on. I mean, they learned how to wield their sword better and keep their shield out there, yep. and who, how they were empowered by the by the yeah, promises no, of good. God. Well, Bob and Ned are tremendous. Uh, oh my gosh, friends. what a courageous we, pastor! We count them not only ministry friends, yes, <laughs> but we count them in our close circle of personal friends. No, that's right. They've been uh, overseas with me. We've preached together overseas numbers of times. Uh, we've been in ministers' conferences together they many are times. Amazing, and then I've preached at people. their church every every year for years and years right. and years. And then they support us financially every month. They support. They not only support us out of front with a church check. Uh, they support us with a personal check. No, they do. There's a number they of do. churches that do that. You know, they'll send a check from the church right. to Terry Mize Ministries. But then they'll turn around and send a personal check out of their personal checkbook to Terry Mize Ministry. I mean, we get two checks oh, from and, a number of churches. And and I want to remind everybody, if you haven't seen it yet, we put a little video up of Pastor Bob and Ned with us. And uh, we want you to see that and go to Facebook page and see that here um, Wednesday or Thursday here as, as soon as you get this. Because the, we want you to see them and know them and uh, be aware that God's got pastors and leaders around the country that are really trying to shake things up no, that's right. and have some fruit. And I wanted to mention this too, Renee. You know, last week on the podcast, I told that tremendous, supernatural, miraculous, Holy Ghost 
testimony right. of how I had lost my pocket knife that my granddad had given me when I was a child, that I had lost it in New Zealand, in Auckland, New Zealand. I know exactly when I lost it, know exactly where I lost it, right. and it intended to pick it up and, and put it back in my pocket because I had dropped it, but you called me to help you do something, so I went to help you do what you wanted me to do and forgot to go back and pick it up. And so we uh, got to the airport flying back to the States and didn't have it, and so that was back in March, and that knife has been gone. And we called the hotel and had them run up to the room to check and see. And uh, the, the, the housekeeper had already been there, and it was gone. And the housekeeper said, no, I didn't get it. But, you know, obviously they did. Somebody got it. And uh, so for six months, we called that hotel and right. said, hey, I want my knife. Send my knife back. And uh, it just hadn't happened. And so three weeks ago, you and I were in New York City. Right. Or four weeks ago, whatever it was. Anyway, it had been six months since March, <laughs> since I lost the knife. And and I was praying. You were teaching, and I had a lady's tea that I couldn't go to. And so I was in the hotel room praying and, and watching you online. And uh, and so I just prayed and said, oh, God, you know, I'm I'm tired of this for waiting on the, the people to do what's right. So right. the angels know where that knife is. They know exactly where it is. They know exactly who's got it. That's right. So I'm asking you to supernaturally transport it or translate it across the ocean, across the Pacific Ocean from right. from. In Auckland, New Zealand, Somewhere, translate it yeah. and give it to me in my possession. And I mean, that was on Saturday, and then we preached Saturday and Saturday night and Sunday morning. And uh, uh, Monday, we were packing our hotel, uh, packing up in our hotel in New York City. And uh, I went over to put something in my suitcase and on the top of a folded T-shirt. <laughs> in plain open sight. I mean, in plain That's open right. sight on top That's of a folded right. T-shirt. There's laying my pocket knife. <laughs> and I called you and said, Renee, and you came with us and you said, your knife. And that was just a super, supernatural thing. No, that's right. And if you want to hear that whole testimony, then go back and get our podcast from last, from last Wednesday, last week. But, uh, but what I think is so cool is, is Sunday at church here in, uh, in, in Florida this, this, this week, this last week, um, I called Sunday, I called the kids out of children's church. You know, kids need to hear the supernatural. They need to no, see not. the supernatural. They need to touch the supernatural. They need to know that something happened supernaturally. That's right. So I called them in into the church. They went and got them for me and brought them into the sanctuary and, and started to set them on the back row. And I said, no, no, bring them down here at the pulpit. And so mm -hmm. they brought them down to the pulpit, and I got in a semicircle around me, and I took my knife out and showed it to them. And I said, you know, if you went to the to the museum and, and there was a moon rock there, uh, people think that's really cool and want to touch it. But I said, this knife was translated supernaturally yeah. by angels from Auckland, New Zealand, all the way across uh, the Pacific Ocean from Auckland to New York City is 8,814 miles. And I mean, put it in my suitcase Hallelujah. laying on top of a folded t-shirt which my. is impossible which is some supernatural <laughs> which is miraculous which is That's the holy right, ghost sure which is, is just because god no, i've always said the definition of a miracle is because, because god. god and so those kids just stood there and i told them that story and uh i held my knife out and let them touch it i said you want to touch it it's better than touching a moon rock and, and they touched <laughs> it and they 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 just thought that was so cool that uh -huh. the angel, they I said you're touching a knife that the angels had in their hand <laughs> and I said now this knife isn't special it's not anointed it's not holy don't get all excited about the knife right. but but it it was held and touched and transmitted and translated 
by angels. Six months? Yeah. Right. From March to uh, September? We're in October. No. I know, but, it but when I got September. it, it was the end of September. So March to September. Right. Six months it was gone. And this angel soup, and we told that to those kids and let those kids experience the, the supernatural. We had great meetings at Bob and Nids uh, last week. And I'd like to say this. I, I preached a message, uh, or, or uh, almost a series, uh, out of Isaiah fifty-seven nineteen, that says, "For that says, uh, God said, I create the fruit of the lips." Right. And it right. was so powerful, Renee, and so anointed. In fact, just this morning, somebody sent me uh, me preaching on that same message uh, on its own. I don't know if it's on YouTube. Or I guess it's on YouTube. And somebody sent it to me, and uh, and so I sat there and listened to half of it or part of it, and I was preaching close to the same thing I was preaching in Florida. This 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 week, Sunday and Monday, and uh, it was just powerful. It was anointed. It was powerful, and it was in Houston, Texas, at Houston Faith Church. Pastors Chaz and Joni Stephen Stevenson, right, excuse right. me. And uh, y'all today, hearing me today, can go back and get the one I did this week, uh, earlier this week, at Bob and, and Ned's church in in Punta Gorda, Florida. Uh, you can go to to uh, uh, New Life Family Worship. Dot net new life family worship dot net they've got it online but then Chaz and Joni have it online from uh, from uh, 2014 uh, so that's uh, five years five ago years. Mm-hmm. and uh, where I preached it in their church and uh, it would help you it would bless you and minister to you no it really does things we preach in these church you said we're strengthening the churches no and, and that's it, what it and does and this coming week this coming sunday yes we're going to be with uh, david helton in muncie indiana, indiana. <laughs> now david's dad was with me and brother hagan and and ken hagan jr and jerry savell and kenneth copeland and john osteen and fred price and Norval Hayes and Ed Dufresne. Oh my there were seventeen of us back in nineteen seventy nine oh that started a ministerial organization called ICFM, International wow. Convention of Faith Churches. And uh, and Brother Helton was on the board with me. We were the starter. We were the founding fathers. And uh, and he's passed away now. He's in heaven as well as Brother Hagen and Brother Osteen and Buddy Harrison and and shared with the other founding fathers. Right. But, uh, but David is his son, and I'm just really looking forward to going to Muncie, Indiana this coming Sunday uh, and ministering for David Hilton in Muncie, Indiana, uh, and just thinking about his father, who was my friend, and, and honoring his father, who was my friend, and preaching in that church. It's going to be so much fun. And that Sunday morning only, only. this coming Sunday morning, uh, and then Sunday night, and starting Sunday night, and then Monday morning, Monday night, and Tuesday morning, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, Wednesday night, right. we're going to be in Eaton, uh, Ohio, yes. which is just outside <laughs> of Dayton, Ohio. Yes. It's between Dayton and, and the state line of Indiana. Right. Uh, and so we're going to be preaching in, in at Ken Harbaum's great church, Pastor Ken Harbaum, our dear That's friend, one of the his best beautiful wife, Angel. Meetings. And they put to. on a, a missions convention every year yes. the last week of October, starting the last Sunday in October every year. 
and I have preached it for many, many, many times over the years. And Mark Barkley, uh, who's my dear friend, and I are going to be speaking this year, as we have for numbers of years together. And Mark will start it off on Sunday morning while we're over in Muncie, Indiana. And then we'll be back there Sunday night. And we'll be there every night, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then plus the the mornings, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and I'll be speaking. And uh, and we'll be we'll have missionaries there. We'll bless those missionaries. We'll preach those missionaries. We'll encourage those missionaries. We'll pray for them, touch them, love them, bless them. Uh, Ken Harbaugh and his church loves on them and blesses them and ministers to them. And we'll raise money and give to them. And you know last you know last year on the last night of the convention Wednesday night, I couldn't even preach. I was supposed to preach that night. I couldn't <laughs> even preach because I got to raising money for those uh, missionaries. And and the people got so hilarious and so excited and so thrilled and so into the whole thing. You talk about hilarious givers. God loves hilarious givers or cheerful no. cheerful givers. I couldn't even preach because they was running up there giving money to the missionaries. And ended up by the end of the night on that Wednesday night, I think we ended up with just that night alone. That doesn't yeah. count Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Like one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Yeah, I would say it's one hundred twenty-eight thousand. So it's somewhere in that neighborhood of one hundred twenty-five thousand yeah. dollars cash. Yeah, we it was raised cash that money, and that did, that did to not help count those missionaries, raised and that did not before. count yeah. what had been raised on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday, you know, that's the, or well, what was raised later, what came in later in the promises. People right. made faith promises that they'll say, "Hey, I'll give a hundred dollars a month," or "Hey, I'll give, I'll give money until I get this no, paid that's off." that's right. And it was just a tremendous missions convention, and I'm expecting this coming next week uh, at Covenant of Peace Church. Out in the middle of a cornfield <laughs> in Eaton, Ohio. Eaton, Ohio. And we're going to be there Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And we're going to love on missionaries. But these are warriors. These are no, these are right. returning heroes. They're coming back off the battlefield. And this and, and this meeting is like the closest thing I've, I've seen to what we did at Lakewood. And my father-in-law, Bill Dearman, for years and years, uh, he and Brother Osteen put on the wonderful Lakewood Church oh, yeah. Missions Convention. Oh, yeah. This is the closest thing to it. In fact, we were talking to a great missionary couple just recently having dinner with them, and they have been missionaries for now themselves almost 30 years, and they said they have never heard of a missions convention. we're telling them about the great missions convention. We and they said they've never heard of a missions convention. They said convention. they didn't know there was such a thing. And so that's, Terry started off the program today. We're going to have to go right now. But Terry started off the program today making this statement. And I, I just thought it was so profound. The church is here for the same reason Jesus came. Absolutely. And that was to get the gospel to the world. And so we're partnering with Jesus. Yes. <laughs> The, the church, the members are partnering with the pastor. The pastor's partnering with them. And we're all partnering together with Absolutely. Jesus to get the gospel to the world. And, and can I even build on that statement? I've said for years, Renee, that the reason the church doesn't know why she's here, and she doesn't today. If you go to the church today, she has no clue why she's on planet Earth. Wow. If you go to Baptist Church, Methodist Church, Pentecostal Church, Charismatic Church, Word of Faith Church, Catholic Church, or whatever it is, the church doesn't know why she's here. And I've said well. this, I've made this statement for years, the reason the church doesn't know why she's here is because the church doesn't know why Jesus came. Right. She's forgotten why Jesus came, that he came to seek and save that which was lost. My, my. Well, that's our job. And that's why we're doing Terry Mize Ministries podcast, Absolutely. is to remind you what's your job. He came to love, to <laughs> live, to, to care, to share, to embrace, to right. minister. Right. I mean, Jesus came for sinners. 
No, and when you know we Jesus were... never died for a, for a Christian. No, that's right. They didn't hang him on the cross <laughs> for a Christian. They hung him on the cross for sinners. That's right, and that's why we're and here. The church is here for that very. That's purpose. why we're doing a podcast. That's why we preach this uh, all year long till we're. Uh, booked up and, and need a vacation again. <laughs> but, you know, um, we just want to encourage you and keep you strong. That's the main thing is hey, keep you strong. Month we're headed to keep Germany. You, yeah, we're going to Germany. In November. And we're believing God and we're going and we're going to do great things. And, and they're excited about the pastor's conference. Terry's going to preach there. So uh, keep us in your prayers. We're so grateful for our partners. We're thankful for every one of you. And we always want to remind you as we leave the program today that you are. <laughs> More than, than conquerors. conquerors. Bless you. See you next week. Bye bye. You've been listening to a Mize Missions podcast. For all the latest updates to our global projects, speaking engagements, and social media, visit us at terrymize.com. You can partner with us to give living bread to dying men around the world. Get involved at terrymize.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of Terry Mize Ministries.